Hey, it's Mastin. Welcome to the Mastin Kid Podcast. If you want to take your first step uh, on your trauma-informed journey, come to claimyourpowerbook.com and get my book, Claim Your Power. There are uh, a bunch of awesome free bonuses with that, including a 40-day coaching journey with me that will get you started on your trauma-informed path. Claimyourpowerbook.com. Enjoy. It's awesome. I put my heart and soul into it. And if you want to really start your journey to do your trauma work, claimyourpowerbook.com is the place to go to get my book, claim your power, and to get a bunch of free bonuses, including free coaching with me for 40 days. Please enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Mastin Kip Podcast. I'm your host, Mastin Kip, and I am the creator of Functional Life Coaching, where we discover the root cause emotional blocks that are holding you back from success. And I'm also the creator of Trauma Hacking, helping you turning your nervous system into your ally, and the best-selling author of the book, Claim Your Power, and also a trauma survivor advocate. And this podcast is from my heart to yours. I'm going to share with you all kinds of different things, uh, different coaching uh, experiences that I've had with people, um, different parts of my life, maybe an excerpt from a seminar, different interviews with friends and thought leaders, all about how to get unstuck, how to hack your nervous system, how to turn your nervous system into your ally and really get the edge so that you can really live your dreams, uh, live your purpose, and most importantly, pay it forward. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter, helps us spread the word and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello at mastinkip.com. Tell us which episode it was and about what time uh, the breakthrough was in the episode so that we can really know because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that. My team loves hearing that too. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Mastin Kip Podcast. Hey there. Hi. (laughs) How's it going? Uh, Good. How are you? (laughs) Good. So, um, did you, were you able to access the meditation? Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I found when I did it, I didn't get a clear OI, which I know you had said. So like two days later, I was like, I feel like I should do it again. Cause like, I was just like a lot of emotions came up and it was like, I didn't want to continue doing the other videos. Cause I was like, maybe I didn't do it right. Sure. Yeah. I actually emailed the group about it because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a mess. And it was interesting. Um, the response back was like, you know, the perfectionism imposter syndrome kind of thing. Uh, so I kind of wanted to like kind of touch on that, like in ways to get over that. Um, I'm currently not a coach and I want to like get into that, but I just have all these feelings. Like I'm not confident enough. I don't feel like I have the tools. Like I don't feel like I'm like ready like I, I find myself helping my friends all the time and like t- I can tell people like this is what I want to do, but it's like I haven't like been able to do it. Yeah. And maybe even didn't do the meditation perfectly either, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so um, did you do it a second time? Yeah. Did something else happen? Did you remember something else or was it similar It was somewhat similar. Like, so the first behavior was, um, about my procrastination Mm -hmm. and then, um, the next one, and it's funny now I can't remember. Oh, not being able to commit. 
And it was kind of interesting because my first one, like a lot of what I was getting was like I'm procrastinating and it's because I'm not enough and like I feel unworthy and I, I always half-ass things. Like I have this like belief and that comes from my dad because he used to always tell me that I half-ass everything. And, um, and then as when I go back to like write in the worksheet, cause I was going to write it underneath it. And I write down like the behavior of not being able to commit. And I look and I see procrastination and half-assing it. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm doing it. Like I'm doing uh-huh. the exact thing. And it was just like, Oh, so I st- kind of stopped right there. And I had this like aha moment that was like, wow, you're literally procrastinating and half-assing right now by thinking that I need to do this again. Yeah. Well, and what's, here's what's so beautiful about the nervous system is that um, it has you with this. It's really easy. See, whenever there's a term or a word that's used to diagnose or pathologize, it eventually gets turned into a pejorative. What that means is, is it gets turned into something that's sort of associated with like a negative thing, right? So for example, um, you know, uh, a diagnosis like PTSD, right? Like that's all PTSD is really is a clinical diagnosis from a book called the DSM. That's all it is, right? But all of a sudden it gets turned into, oh my God, PTSD, like and guilt and shame get layered on top of it. So whenever there's something that's kind of like a diagnostic pathology like that, it can become a, uh, something we use to, you know, feel bad or guilty or whatever. And the thing about the nervous system is that that's not how the nervous system operates. The nervous system operates brilliantly to keep you safe. And so when we look at behaviors like procrastination or quote half-assing it, right? Well, there's a damn good reason why you do that. And whether or not the threat or the person or the object is in your literal you know, in the room that you're in right now, literal present day, doesn't matter. There's history there, right? And there's a good reason. So when we look at procrastination, it sounds like half-assing is what your father would say. Yeah. So when you think about half-assing, what what do you feel in your body? Like, I feel like I'm not, like I'm not good enough. And where do you feel not good enough? I would say probably like my stomach area. So are we talking diaphragm? Are we talking like belly button? More are we diaphragm. talking somewhere in between? So, so more like, kind of like, like chest plate, kind of right below the yeah. chest plate area, like right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And when, and okay, great. So for just for a second, say what? Solar plexus. Solar plexus, yeah. Just for a second, can you feel that not enoughness right now? Yeah. All right. Can you ask it how old it thinks you are? Six. And could you ask it if it feels safe to let us know what happened at six? Well, I know what happened at six. Like my dad got custody of my sister and I, Mm -hmm. my mom was an alcoholic and um, she wasn't fit to like take care of us. So it was like a big transition in my life of um, kind of leaving her. And, and I think that's why I thought the meditation, cause my original incident wasn't super clear and I've had a lot of traumas and I'm like, I don't understand why something bigger isn't coming up. Then it was like, like the, Oh, I was like my sister pushing me down and like stealing a toy. And I had a memory of my dad not being at my birth, which I don't remember. I just know that he wasn't there, but it was like super weird. And I was expecting it was going to be something a little more 
like like I lived with an alcoholic for the first mm-hmm. seven years of my life, you know. It's really interesting, Ruby. This is this is, what you're saying is so brilliant because this is exactly when I say things like, you know, trauma isn't always like a capital T thing, like, you know, the big stuff like, you know, war, abuse, assault, and stuff like that. That's what people think, you know, your sister pushing you down in a certain context at a certain time, that can be extremely traumatizing, right? Like, or it can be playful. It all depends on things like what was going on before, Mm -hmm. what was the context and what happened afterwards. So what did your sister pushing you down represent? Like, what was it about that event that sort of maybe initiated a lot of this half-assing, if you will? I think it was really like making me feel like small and like, like her, she would always just gang up on me and like, like she would turn like the neighborhood kids against me and like made me feel like I was weird and would say I was adopted and like. Older sister? She's older. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and like, she was always super close with my dad and I was more close with my mom. So then when we went to live with my dad, like it was like, they would like kind of gang up on me in a way. And I just always felt really isolated and alone. So they took out a lot of the unresolved stuff on your mother toward on you. It sounds like. Yeah. That would be very traumatizing. I believe my mom. Cause I was little when um, I remember vividly, like the day that I found out that my dad was getting custody of me and I found out from my sister and my sister was upset. And she's like, I can't wait until we go live with dad. And I remember bawling my eyes out and crying and saying, we can't mom's going to die without us. Like I knew that my mom, the only reason she got up was for us. And then seven years later she died. Yeah. And it was like, I knew it, you yeah. know? And, and we would call that a confirming experience. Yeah. Because there's something in you that knew. And sometimes there's a lot of guilt associated with that and not acting on what you know. And it sounds like I'm going to make a leap here just because I've done so much of this work with people and, and, if this is not right, you just let me know, but maybe it'll be at least directionally accurate. It sounds like what you're saying is that your father's model or version of half-assing it was behavior that your mother more embraced. And I would imagine it was a little bit more maybe emotional, a little bit more uh, feminine, a little bit more not necessarily active and go, 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 but a little bit more nurturing, even though she was an alcoholic. I'm just wondering if that's sort of directionally accurate. Well, my mom, she always, like, was very good at, like, wanting to be there for us. Like, I never doubted that my mom loved me. Like, there was never, like, like, I couldn't understand why she couldn't get better, but I always knew that she loved me. She was actually, like, a psychologist, so she was one Mm -hmm. of those people that could help everyone but herself. Sure. And my dad, like, shows no emotion. He was raised by his dad, and, like, his mom left when he was five. Like, he has a lot of traumas. And I think he just doesn't know, he never knew how to, and he still doesn't know how to like express emotion. Well, it sounds like the way he expresses it is through, through doing things. Yeah. And there were times when you wanted to emote rather than do. Yeah. And he would call that half-assing. Yeah. yeah. So let's break that down because it's a big deal. Let me just kind of translate that. Um, he invalidated your reality. Now that's not uh, judgment. It's just what happened. And that's very common, you know, especially for a father or daughter, you know, cause you know, most men 
don't understand their wives, let alone their daughters. That's <laughs> not a dig. It's just, it, you know, understanding the other species is so complicated because it's such a different biochemistry and everything. Never right? had any women in his life. Yeah. So, so, so you're used to your reality being invalidated. Consider that procrastination, how could that be keeping you safe in that context? I don't know, like keeping me from doing something. I'm not sure. Well, let's think about it for a second, right? What type of things do you procrastinate on? The things that are going to move me closer to being less of what my dad probably would want me to be, you know? Like, so it keeps like, you safe from abandonment. Things like that. He wants me to be safe. He, if I had a job working at like for the government, my dad would be so happy. Sure. But did you hear what I said? No. What did you say? Your procrastination is keeping you safe from abandonment. Yeah. Because yeah. your mom's not there and he's there. And the last thing you would want is to lose him too. Yeah. So that's, can you see that? Yeah, I can. And I, and I, it's like, I feel like I'm already losing him. I just got a message from him last week. That's like, you know, I was, I wanted to do a goal setting workshop. He's like this goal setting workshop and you're doing yoga and like, I'm trying to go vegan. He's like, you're trying to go vegan. Like, I'm really worried about you. And uh, uh, by the way, I'm the goal setting workshop and the yoga thing, you know, awesome. I'm with him on the vegan thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But he's like, I'm really worried about you living in California because I'm from Pennsylvania. He thinks I moved to California and I'm like some crazy well, person now. From and I'm his like, perspective, you are. <laughs> yeah, I am, yeah. So what you're doing right now, Maggie, is you're, how should I put this? You're going through a rite of passage. And the part of you that's procrastinating is actually the little girl who still wants a parent. And it's that ventral green part that gets to come in and start to love her. Because down here, like kind of that solar plexus area, that's, mm -hmm. that's right where dorsal starts in the, in the neurobiology. Because that non-myelinated part of the vagus nerve starts right at the diaphragm. And so that dorsal shutdown, immobilization, invisibility, all that stuff, that's literally where, the, where it begins, right there. And so you go invisible yeah when you think about and this is all subcortical it's not like it's prefrontal and that you're thinking it through and it's like gee gosh let me consciously do this right but what you're doing is you're saying i'm not it's, it's not even procrastination it's keeping connection yeah right but when the big and a little get on board with each other think of it as red and green right when they get on board with each other, that's what's going to help you be able to move forward because it's the, it's the part of you that gets to go, sweetie, I know it's really scary to be alone. I know that, you know, it's really hard to lose mom and it's really scary for you to try to lose dad, but I'm here with you now and, and we're actually outgrowing him. He's not doing this work. He hasn't had the benefit of that. And it will feel like we're betraying him, but honey, I'm going to be here with you the whole time. And like, that's our reparenting process. It's not something that you just say once and it's done. Like the disconfirming experiences that you need very clearly are connection associated with this new endeavor.
connection associated. Okay, I'll write this down. This is my perfectionism. <laughs> connection associated with what? This new endeavor. Like lots of proof that you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah, because I've, I've kind of always been alone because I left like right after college and I just wanted to do my own thing because I didn't want to go back to my hometown and be this little widget. Sure. <laughs> Are you usually closer with men or women? Uh, men. Yeah, I don't have too many close girlfriends. Yeah, so that's something that I would recommend we work on too because it's easier for you to be closer with guys and I would imagine if you're like most human beings I've ever met is that you're close with men, especially if they're invalidating your reality. I'd have to think on that, but probably I'm not, don't take that on as actual unless it feels real for you. But like the core of a traumatic experience is not being seen or known or heard. Right. And that sometimes looks like, let's go, come on, hurry up. Yeah. Well, a lot of my like past relationships, I, was finding myself trying to become who they wanted me to be mm-hmm. you know, and not actually being authentically myself. And it was always like, I just felt like I needed to become the person that they, that they wanted. Yeah. Because being authentically yourself in the past has led to abandonment. Yeah. And I think you're a smart person for not wanting to be abandoned. Thank you. <laughs> and it's also now that we bring this into our awareness, we actually have the agency to be able to change it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So you recommend like meditating and, and talking to that little girl inside me? And Well, I think that the, um, the uh, blended state meditation, mm-hmm. I think you might think about trying that again with this context, right? But the other thing is, is that what we want to start to document is when is she there? Like what triggers her, right? Because it's not everything, right? And what you'll start to notice is there are, specific things that trigger that response. It's not like, Oh, look at the blue sky. Like that's not what triggers that. It's like specific things. And what our goal is, is to see that earlier asked about like, you know, how do I work on my perfectionism? Right? Here's the answer, which you probably won't like at least parts of you won't like is there's no such thing as getting rid of it. It's befriending it. And that means that you get to go towards it and towards what that little girl who feels like she had her mom ripped away from her at six and who's hurting because she knew that without her, her mom would pass and her mom passed Like There's grief there. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to turn towards that unconsciously, but the, our, our, our goal here is to consciously turn towards it. And, and that's the love and the attention, the parenting that that part of you never got. And no man can give that to you. No girlfriend can give that to you, yeah. but you can absolutely create relationships where this part of yourself becomes exposed in a relationship and tended to, because I firmly believe that the highest calling in a romantic relationship is to be a, a good caretaker of your partner's traumatized parts. Cool. And I'm thinking about putting an intervention in the relationship module that I did with a couple. Uh, it's a pretty long intervention actually, but um so that two-hour intervention, and I introduced them to each other's traumatized parts. And it's a beautiful thing to witness because yeah. the core complaints that each other had were just each other keeping each other safe. And the way that I that one partner stays safe is dangerous for the other and vice versa. 
and we'll get in the next module is all about attachment. And the thing about attachment is that, you know, we tend to attract people who have different attachment styles than us because they have our missing pieces. Mm. Right? Like you probably like to be around really confident people. Yeah. And at first they're probably you're like, oh my God, they're so confident. Later, if you don't speak up and get agency, it turns into fuck, you take up all the space. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Does that I make mean, sense? Sometimes that, yeah. And other times I'm I've lately been attracting like people who have bigger traumas than me. <laughs> sure. Which is that's cool too. I mean, there's no there's no uh, right or wrong. What we want to do is bring this more so if I had to use neuroscience for a second. We're taking subcortical somatic information that's sometimes nonverbal and we're bringing it to conscious awareness in our prefrontal cortex while we're activating our ventral vagal pathways to help us better have better emotional regulation than we did when this actually event actually happened because you're literally a more grown adult now who has more machinery. Think of it like when you were six, you had like a water gun and now you have a nuclear missile, like you're stronger, right? Because your neuroanatomy has evolved. And what's so cool is, is that the younger part of you doesn't realize that you have like an adult prefrontal cortex, that you have agency, that you can make decisions. That part of you just thinks you're six and that you're gonna be ripped away from mom from now on. And the more that we can help her realize that she's safe to come out and you know think through the workbook now in that context of creating disconfirming experiences for her, wow, things are gonna start to really shift. And this is, the, this is the tension that we get to heal as we start to talk about, you know, living your purpose. What does that mean? It means like, you know, hitting certain emotional targets. And you're never going to hit emotional targets without befriending this part of yourself. No way. It'll be brief or it'll be like an ayahuasca experience or something, but it won't be like your day-to-day. Yeah. So I said a lot. What are you doing with what I'm saying? I'm thinking that I need to start doing that blended meditation maybe every day. Yeah. Just see, see, cause what we're, cause think of it like, like we're like the nervous system is like yoga, right? So like the more you do it, the more flexible you get and asana or asana, however you want to pronounce it, asana, right? Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? It means comfortable pose and it doesn't mean perfect pose. And I don't know what branch of yoga you're studying, but every yoga I've ever studied or listened to talks about leaning in the direction of the pose and that the pose begins when it gets uncomfortable, but not when it gets so hurt, painful that it, you know, you hurt yourself. Yeah. Right. And that's exactly what you're doing right now. Emotionally in your nervous system too. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, a week, man. It was, it was very much the ebb. <laughs> I'm ready to get back into flow. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why we start with emotional regulation to help introduce you to red, yellow, and green, green, yellow, red, red, yellow, green, green, red, red, and kind of like Simon says, you know, like all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. So that you know that you can go to these places and not get stuck there. Because if you think that you have to go to that place in your solar plexus and then get stuck there, well, geez, that's purgatory. But if you realize that you can go there and come back and go there and come back and go there and come back, well, that's nervous system flexibility. And that's, a, that's, that's, that's like the bedrock of emotional regulation. Yeah. It's, so it's less scary to go there next time because you know you can come back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was a really powerful action lab for me. Beautiful. Well, you're doing a great job and, and you're very um, brave for being the first person to uh, raise your hand and, and share this with us. I really appreciate that. We're learning from you and I have a tremendous amount of respect for you. So thank you, thank you for being here and for trusting me and for trusting us. It means a lot. 
Thank Beautiful. You. Let's hear it from you guys. Beautiful stuff. Wow. Oh, so good. Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.